0: This is Anthony Morganti. Welcome to my podcast for the joy of photography. Welcome to episode 12 of the podcast. This week, I'd like to talk about the trends I see happening in photography for 2019. Now, before I do, I should probably tell you how I got the ideas of what I think is going to be trending in the world of photography for the coming year. Well, first of all, I mentioned many times that I read a lot of different magazines, and In those magazines, in many of those magazines, they interview photographers, editors, publishers, even makeup artists. And I get a really good idea uh, through those interviews of what's happening now and where they think many times they'll offer their opinion of what's going to be popular down the line. So a lot of what I'm basing on is based on what I've read Um, Some of what I based on is if you just go to Google and you Google Photography Trends 2019, you'll get a host of websites with articles where they're giving you their opinion of what is going to be trending in 2019. And finally, I'm basing my opinions on my own experience, uh, being in the industry, what I see happening and where I think it is going. Also, I'd like to talk about trends in general. Um, Just because December 31st ends and January 1st begins doesn't mean that all the 2018 trends are done and a bunch of new 2019 trends are going to begin. Most often, trends last several years, and they uh, oscillate in popularity for several years until they fade away completely. The other thing about trends is sometimes they don't even last a month or two, you know, so they could be very short-lived as well. So, a lot of the trends I'll talk about have been going on for a while. I just think they're probably going to be even more popular in 2019, and that kind of segues right into our first trend about gear, and that is mirrorless cameras. Of course the trend to mirrorless has been going on for some time, and it's just going to increase. Uh, More and more people are switching to mirrorless cameras, and more and more um, dollars by manufacturers are being invested into their mirrorless lineup. So you're going to see that trend continue, Uh, so uh, even more so. Now, what I find interesting, and I saw this happen before, is there's a lot of veteran photographers, and I'm not saying old, okay, just veteran photographers, veteran professionals mostly, that um, are going to resist the move to mirrorless, and they all have their reasons, and some are more legitimate than others. Like a legitimate reason to me is they have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in their camera system, and that camera system has made them a living and put their kids through school and put food on the uh, table and everything. And they don't want to switch. And that's pretty much a legitimate reason, in my opinion. Some of them, though, are, aren't as good. Um, for instance, I keep hearing that mirrorless cameras don't focus as good as DSLRs. Well, that was the case, actually, for several years. But in the last batch of mirrorless cameras I've sampled or I've messed around with, I think, in my opinion they focus every bit as good as any DSLR I've ever used. So I think that gap is either eliminated or it's just so very fine thin that most professionals won't, or most even enthusiasts won't see a difference in focusing between the newest mirrorless cameras and any DSLR. The other uh, complaint I often hear is that the electronic viewfinders are inferior to the optical viewfinder. And I think that was pretty much eliminated a few years ago. In my opinion, the electronic viewfinders now are, are at least as good as an optical viewfinder, and in many cases better than an optical viewfinder. For instance, in low light photography, uh, an EVF is much better than an OVF. So um, that's my opinion, so take that for what it's worth. But I think a lot of that is um, overblown or wrong. Just just wrong. Now there are still some gaps. I think battery life overall is better in DSLRs still than it is in mirrorless. Uh, You're going to see that gap close as well with all the new uh, dollars being invested by these companies into the mirrorless system. You're going to see battery life increase and improve uh, with that system as well. So and I said I've seen this before, and I go back to the early 2000s uh, when digital hit the hit the scene, and there were many veteran film photographers that just would not move to digital uh they too, many of them they had their money invested in their film systems uh, with Nikon though, a lot of them were able to bring most of their lenses over to work with the digital system, but in other systems, you know canon photographers couldn't, so they had to invest. All this money into the new digital system that they, you know, might might be moving into. So some were legitimate. Um, sometimes, you know, people are just used to their ways. They're they're set in their ways. They like the way the film looked. They they were the complaint I heard often. Well, you know, digital isn't permanent. And film is permanent, and and really it's not. But <laughs> but you know that's what I heard uh, back then, and what I saw then is many younger professionals moved to digital. Many new photographers, most new photographers, moved to digital right off the bat. So their first, quote, expensive camera they purchased was a digital camera. They didn't even bother with the film. Moved right into digital. And that's what I'm seeing now. I'm thinking a lot of more of the veteran photographers are resisting the move to mirrorless uh, for whatever reason. But you're seeing a lot of the younger professionals and the enthusiasts uh, that are younger move into mirrorless. And you're, I'm seeing a lot of young photographers that are just graduating from their smartphone to a more expensive system move right into mirrorless. And that's the way I see the trend going, and it's going to keep going that way. Now, right now, it doesn't hurt the DSLR shooter to keep shooting DSLRs. The technology is still forefront. It's right up there with mirrorless as far as you know the, the peak of technology today. But what's happening is... these companies are now investing more of their research dollars into the mirrorless system and less into the DSLRs. And they're coming out with more lenses for the mirrorless system because it's lacking in like Canon and Nikon. They have dozens, if not hundreds, of lenses in their DSLR systems, but they don't have many in their mirrorless system. So what money they do have to research and create a new lens is going to be going to the mirrorless system. So you're gonna be seeing that there's gonna be less innovation eventually in the DSLRs and less new lenses and more of the new lens lenses will be coming out in the mirrorless system. So eventually um, I think it's going to move almost completely over to mirrorless and that's the trend that's going to continue for some time. Now another trend in the gear thing that I'm seeing and it's because of mirrorless is we're seeing uh, specifically with Fujifilm, come out a few years ago and then they came out with another one late last year. Um, a medium format camera that's mirrorless that is very reasonably priced as far as medium format cameras are concerned. I think that's a trend that other manufacturers are going to pick up on. They're going to see, of course, the success that they have. Now we say, I mean, Leica has one, right? The medium format that's mirrorless, but that's really, really expensive. But I think we're going to see some of these other manufacturers that are um, kind of similar to Fuji in size, uh, maybe Pentax, um, Minolta, or not Minolta, I'm sorry, Panasonic, come out, i have shown my age there, come out with um, uh, medium format um, mirrorless cameras as well, eventually, maybe not in 2019, but I think that's a trend that will happen, and I think that's good. Uh, many photographers require a super high-resolution image with a very, so these very large sensors that are in the medium format cameras supply them with that super high-resolution image that they could do their advertising photography with and have their images on billboards in Times Square and things like that super high-resolute image uh, that is required so that's a nice trend I think the trends are uh, as far as gear are really cool Uh, you know really uh, moving in that direction the other trend I seeing is we're seeing more and more drone photography. Drone photography, of course, has been around for a while, but I think it's really taking off, has been taking off, and you're seeing it more and more. You're seeing wedding photographers shoot drone footage of the wedding. You're seeing landscape photographers and cityscape photographers use drones to get images that are really you know, high above the buildings or at the tops of the buildings. So drone imagery is getting more and more com- common, and drone fo- uh, drone video is more and more common. So we're seeing that encroach itself into other aspects. If you're a professional, you should look into probably drone photography, adding it uh, because there's a lot going to be more and more clients requesting it. If you're an advanced amateur, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, you know I got a drone. I think it's a lot of fun. Just You know, kind of that little kid aspect of flying a helicopter-like thing around. And though, be able to see and frame an image, uh, take a picture. And video. And that's another trend I see happening. More and more still photographers are incorporating video in their photography, with their photography, and or they're being asked, the professionals are being asked to include um, video. And what I partly based that on is, and I can't remember who the person is, I can't even remember if it was a man or a woman. Uh, the photo editor for the Rolling Stone, and the photo editor for a couple, another magazine, and a photo editor for a website. And I can't remember the website, I think it might have been Refine29, or I can't remember for sure. And the other magazine was a travel magazine. Anyway, as far as more specifically the Rolling Stone editor, they mentioned that they only have the budget nowadays to send one photographer to a music festival. And when the photographer's at the music festival, they require them to shoot video as well as still images. Now, you may be wondering, why would Rolling Stone need video? It's a paper magazine. Well, you gotta remember now that these magazines nowadays aren't just paper magazines at the newsstand. They're multimedia enterprises. They have websites that host video. They use the video in social media, most notably Instagram, Twitter, a little bit of Facebook and a little bit of Snapchat. And they need that video usually right away. So that's kind of like a lot of times they're using the video as a tease to the story that's going to be happening down the line, that's going to be in the print magazine, or they're using it in some way to supplement their offerings. So it's gonna be um, you know whatever music festival, they're gonna have some video on their website and a snippet of video on uh, social media so more and more photographers are being asked to shoot video now a lot of what i found photographers uh first of all i think most photographers have a good enough eye where they could shoot rudimentary video fine the video that's required by these websites and magazines and whatnot um they're not videographers by any stretch of the imagination a videographer of course you know, knows how to incorporate multi-camera shots and do different things with um, depth of field and things that a photographer might not quite understand in the video realm as much. But the, but I think, overall, the photographer, just given a video camera and showing where to hit the record button, could probably frame up a decent shot. Where I believe the photographer needs work is to understand the post-processing of video. It's a whole different beast compared to post-processing digital images. With um, video, you really have to learn at least rudimentary color grading uh, to make your videos look uh, and feel the way that your editor expects them to be. So, um, you know, maybe a little more advanced. A lot of times, a lot of these websites just want, you know, iPhone video. And of course, there's no color grading involved there. You send the video as is. But in some cases, especially if you're a wedding photographer and you're doing like drone video, or something like that, you should learn color grading. But because that's a trend that I see happening. And if you want to be on up in front of that trend, do that. Uh, That's where I see a lot more video, a lot more drone footage, a lot more video in general, a lot more drone footage in general. Now I mentioned trends kind of last sometimes several years and they fade out. One trend that's been on and off over the years, you know, since the dawn of photography is minimalism. Uh, You've seen you know minimalist shots and it became several years ago very very popular in landscape photography the minimalist landscape shot you know like a snowscape shot of just a single tree things like that you know what i'm talking about right well i see that kind of moving away a little bit and what often happens if something is a trend for a long time the exact opposite will come in and fill it will take over from there and what i'm seeing when i peruse landscape images on, well, one thing I should talk about more before I go back a little bit, as far as the minimalist landscape images, then it starts to encroach itself into other types of photography. I started to see portrait photography become minimalist, you know, kind of that Avagon look, just a single light, head and shoulders shot, uh, white or gray background, nothing, you know, just plain paper. And you're seeing that and then you're seeing it encroach into, you know, other types of portraiture, other types of photography. Uh, minimalism in fashion we were seeing that so minimalism in my opinion probably started out the last trend of it now it's been around forever and it trended on and off for years but the last popular trend of minimalism in my opinion was probably a little over five years ago in landscape photography and then it kind of encroached its way into other photography now what i'm seeing happening happening in landscape photography is kind of the opposite of minimalism it's super highly detailed uh, images where everything is in focus and there's a lot of color, a lot of um, sense of motion sometimes in the scene, lots of interesting things in the foreground, midground, and background. So I'm seeing this as I peruse like a website like 500px or Flickr, I'm seeing more and more of this. And you're gonna see this kind of then leak its way into other types of photography, you know, portraiture, um, senior portraits boudoir you're going to see these highly detailed shots you're going to move into other types of photography too advertising um, you know things so that's a trend that i see that's just starting and i think you're going to see more and more of it now another trend that's been happening for a little over a year is um documentary style photography in everything so um what we had, what I, I recently read, and I don't know who said it, is that we now have generations of people that have been exposed to all different types of ads their entire life. And most of us are super ad savvy. And we could tell when an ad is being genuine. And now the trend for advertising is to make it more documentary style. But that has moved its way into other things too. Even in weddings, a wedding isn't the static shot anymore of the bride and groom and the bridal party or the families. A lot of times the bride and groom are asking you to shoot the wedding as it happens, which we kind of all did anyway. But they prefer to have that type of documentary style to their wedding, a documentary shot more look more of a documentary look you know think of uh life magazine look to their images and that um has moved into other types of photography as well why because it seems to be more genuine than the posed shot or the you know contrived shot so it's more of a genuine look and that is the trend because all of us are so media savvy and advertising savvy that this is going to, we want it to look more natural. So documentary style photography, whatever type of photography you really like, see if you could incorporate a documentary style look to your photography, and that would probably um, make your images more popular, at least even if you're just an amateur looking to get Instagram likes, or if you're a professional looking to find work. That's the style of photography that is going to and, and happening now. Now going kind of along with that, is the way it's being processed um the old film looks been on and off for years and that's kind of back you know that kind of old film that 70s polaroid look uh, to the images where nothing the blacks aren't really black they're more bluish and the highlights aren't exactly white they're a little more yellowish Uh, that kind of look is um, popular Uh, you'll see it in um, advertising and and you know what is if you want to um see what's really trending and happening and at the forefront of advertising photography. And when you when you look at advertising photography in general, you gotta remember whatever it trends to, often other photography genera genres will follow it. Meaning if a certain look is popular in advertising, you're gonna see weddings. And brides and grooms ask you to do that look. They might not be consciously aware that they derive that look by looking at ads, but that's where it happens. So you're starting to see that these advertising trends start to infiltrate themselves into other types of photography portraiture, um, you know, and so on, you know weddings and and whatnot. So if you want to be at the forefront of that, what I suggest you do, is you fo- go to Instagram and you follow some influencers on Instagram. Now, for many of this, this is difficult for us to do because a lot of times, um, in my opinion, some influencers are just vapid. <laughs> they're not, they're just, I don't know, but I'll, I won't get into that. But the main two that you should probably fo- follow are Kendall and Kylie Jenner. They have millions of Instagram followers. They get paid. You're not going to believe this, but they get paid upwards of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to just mention a brand on their Instagram. And to what you need to understand also is that these brands aren't just throwing them two hundred, you know, quarter of a million dollars and saying, "Mention, you know, U.S. Air, you know," because. We know then people will fly U.S. Air. What they'll do is, in they have a real advertising campaign. They have a uh, people there that will uh, think out the aesthetic they want for it, the colors they want for this, the um, the way it's presented. And when you look at, you know, whatever Kendall uh, Jenner saying to use Coach, she likes Coach purses. Look at what she's wearing. Look at how that image is processed. Look at the colors. The colors trend, believe it or not, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. So look at what colors are prominent in the image, and you'll get an idea because Coach just didn't give her a Coach purse and give her $250,000 and say, take a selfie of yourself with the Coach purse. They actually had um, people that know the market and know the look they want to use and they set it up and that's where these advertising and these kind of trends come from and look at these um instagram influencers and you'll get an idea what i'm talking about now um so you go to them and you'll see this you know you'll see more documentary style looks you'll see like uh you know i'm making this up i can't say i i remember seeing uh, you know, one of the Jenner sisters walking down the street wearing a coach purse. But it's going to be documentary style usually, and usually it's going to be uh, William Klein style. Remember I mentioned many times in the past I've mentioned a photographer, William Klein. He, in the 60s, became popular because he took fashion to the streets, and he made it look very documentary style. Instead of just taking... A photograph of the model wearing the designer dress he had her getting out of a taxi uh, in front of a hotel on a New York Street and he shot with a very long lens from a very long distance which compressed everything and made it look like a super duper you know spy documentary type shot and that's where the trend is going is this documentary photography uh, should look like film and It should be look more genuine so go to those influencers and check that out check whatever is your favorite influencer and you'll get an idea not only the style of photography that's being done the colors that are being utilized that are trending and uh, things like that not just fashion not just the way she's wearing her hair or anything like that Um, now I mentioned colors Colors trend on and off. And one color that's been trending for a while, I think is starting to fade a little bit, is coral. Uh, you'll see a lot of coral. I don't know. But, you know, coral, it's kind of like, I guess, a reddish orange or a pinkish orange. What's trending now beyond coral is a, um, a pink. So pink is very popular now. Purple and believe it or not, green. I'm seeing a lot more green. Uh, I say believe it or not, uh, a lot of people love green. I don't like green. No, uh, I think that's because green was my mother's favorite color. So growing up, everything in the house was green. (laughs) So I tend to not like green. So uh, green, I mean, even if it's just an image that is color tinted green, I'm seeing a lot more of it. So green, purple, and pink, and still a little bit of coral. Now, another thing I'm seeing happen is um, a type of photography that's that you could, a, ty- a style of photography that you could incorporate in all different types of photography. And I'm going to, uh, those of you watching the video, go to a website, it's My Modern Met. Um, and they're outlining, or they have a um, an article on a photographer named Maria Svarpova, who I followed for a while, and she does this really unique style of photography um, where she uses... Uh, most of her well, first of all, her images in this series. she does a lot of different types of uh, real estate photography and um, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to classify her, but a lot of different um, travel photography and real estate photography and and stuff like that, where she would uh, a hotel would hire her to do shots of their lobby and things like that. But her style is that she makes the colors very pastel except for usually one color, and it's usually red, sometimes yellow or blue. And she'll have the colors overall very pastel, but have that one color pop. And she's been around for a few years doing this, but now I'm starting to see this style uh, kind of eke its way into other types of photography. I'm seeing uh, even like senior portraiture, very pastel images, but one color, is going to pop. Usually again, red, yellow, or blue in the case of Maria Svarpova. But you know, whatever. You could pick one of those trending colors that are happening uh, currently, pink, purple, uh, coral, or green, Um, whatever. But this is a style that I'm seeing. Now what Maria Svarpova also does, a lot of symmetry in her shots and reflections of symmetry. I don't necessarily see that trending in anything right now. But maybe you could be a trendsetter. Maybe you could do a senior portrait with uh symmetry reflections or find symmetry in a background and put your senior in front of it and have the colors vary pastel. Maybe you could so what I'm saying is you're not totally ripping off Maria Svarpova. You're taking elements of what she's done and adding it to your style and your type of photography. Maria Svarpova, as far as I know, has never shot a senior portrait or a wedding. Or anything different than what she does so take a little element of what she's doing and add it to you but I do see this trend again pastel colors kind of goes hand-in-hand with film um, where I say that old film look is coming back very often old old film photography will result in uh, pastel colors usually though not a one color will pop but it will be just the colors will be a little bit muted and again, blacks aren't necessarily totally black and whites aren't absolute white. And that's where, what you'll see in her photography um, here. It doesn't really have a film look, though, her photography. Just let me specify. So you could take little parts of one thing, kind of a film look with a little part of what she does and maybe come up with something that's uniquely you to the type of photography you enjoy. Um, so that's kind of the trend in color. And... I think that I might have covered everything. Oh, I know. There's one thing I haven't covered: destination photography. It's been around for a long time, but it's getting more and more popular. And more and more, specifically, wedding photographers are offering destination photography, and a lot of bride and grooms are re- are requesting a destination uh, wedding or getting a dest, you know, having a destination wedding. And one couple that i know does wedding photography and again in the show notes i'll have links to any websites i'm popping through in the video for those of you watching the video there's a husband and wife team Uh, their last name is hearns it's spelt h-e-a-r-n-e-s and they're on instagram as at the hearns and don't forget that last e so it's h-e-a-r-n-e-s and their website is theherns.com. And they are destination photographers mainly doing uh, Moab, Utah, and Yosemite National Park. And I saw they did a photo shot last year in Alaska, which was really incredible. And they do incredible imagery. And you can see it's mainly, you know, you know Yosemite and the Grand Canyon and Moab, all this beautiful, right? So um, destination photography is getting more and more popular. So, if you live near a popular destination, uh, you may want to try to incorporate your type of photography in that destination. You do senior portraiture, bring them to the destination. Uh, you do weddings. You know, uh, you know, work up your portfolio for the destination photography. Now, not only are these people getting images taken there, they're getting their weddings done there. So, these people are getting married, you know, at the on the rim of the Grand Canyon, um, you know, in Moab, Utah, or wherever, and so anyway uh, destination photography very popular something that you should look into uh, if you haven't already and that's really everything I, I think is trending towards or going to be continue trending or start to trend in 2019 what I'm going to do is at the end of the year sometime in December I'll do a follow-up I'll do a video that what happened in 20 you know the 2019 year in review as far as trends and we'll talk about what I talked about today, what uh, came to fruition, what, had, what maybe didn't, and things I might have missed. So look for that, you know, down the line. Thank you for watching my podcast, For the Joy of Photography. Remember, stop by my website, OnlinePhotographyTraining.com. There you'll find all my latest videos and articles to help you improve your photography. That's it for now. I'll talk to you guys soon.